Yeah, right. it's cool. It still gives people like look, you know, you get a mm-hmm. second look if a girl says, oh, I do jujitsu yeah. or I do like wrestling or I'm a fighter. Like you definitely get a second look, but not the way it used to be like 10, 15 years ago. I love that, though, that it's starting to become more normal. Yeah, you know, it's sure. not such a, a shock every time you hear it. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Black Belt Beauty Podcast. I am so excited to finally have this up and off the ground in motion I am ready to go full speed ahead with it, and today's guest is actually as badass as it gets, so I'm kind of starting it off with a high note. Carla Esparza. Carla is, first of all, just a beautiful person. By profession, she is a UFC fighter. Carla is the first UFC strawweight champion. She is, and that's the 115 division. She was the winner of the Ultimate Fighter reality TV show, season 20, 2013. She's currently ranked number seven, and she has a fight coming up December 30th. I'm hoping to get this out before then. But either way, I mean, pre-fight, post-fight, there's just so much, there's so many wonderful things to take from Carla's mindset, and I really am happy that I get to expose that in our conversation here, along with the fun female side of her. Carla is, she's as tough as it gets. She's dangerous. She's a weapon in the octagon. She is a very well-rounded verse fighter. And at the same time, she loves to get dressed up, wear her makeup, and just really embraces that feminine side of her. We get into that and have a lot of fun in that realm in this conversation. And I really appreciate sharing that part of her. I mean, maybe Maybe a lot of fans don't really know that part of her or people don't, you know, are just not aware or don't get to see that side of her so much. But it's fun to share that side because I think oftentimes there's this separation thing that happens with female athletes and that soft feminine side. And I really love that Carla is such a wonderful example of the fact that there is no separation. You know, she's a straight up woman and she just happens to be a very tough and highly skilled fighter of a woman. So we have fun with that. And yeah, I mean, aside from that, I just feel like there's a lot of inspiring gems to take from her mindset, her approach to life. She's a very happy person, joyful and composed. So as tough as she is in the ring, she's got this whole contrasting side of her personality and her character that I just think makes her a real badass. It's that 360 degrees of just awesomeness that you get from Carla. So Without further ado, I'm so excited to share with you my conversation with Carla Esparza. Carla, thank you for being my amazing first guest on my podcast. I'm super, I'm super stoked. I'm excited and I want to get right into it because I think that we've discovered that you and I can talk for a long time now. (laughs) We've been rubbing out for so long and I love it, but... Could you give our listeners a little breakdown of where you come from and, you know, just your background, who you are? Okay, so long story short about Carla Esparza, Cookie Monster. I am from Redondo Beach, South Bay. 
and I uh, wrestled at Redondo Union High School for a couple years, wrestled in college, and started my fight career uh, about eight years ago, and now currently fighting for the UFC. Amazing. Really quickly, how where, what's Cookie Monster? Where did that come from? <laughs> I like that you ask after you got me a cookie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so cool. I got that name from, I've always had like a huge sweet tooth, you know, since I was little, like chocolate, chocolate, cookies, cake. You know, my coach just one day just totally called me out. Never had a nickname before. And he's just like, Carla, you're like a freaking cookie monster. You're always eating cookies. And How I'm old like, are you? This was during my fight career. I think I was like 23 or something like that. Cute. So older, like never had a nickname before. And then. This one just would not go away. Like, I was like, stop calling me that. Stop calling me that. That's not tough. I want to be like the killer (laughs) or Carla, like KO, you know, like some knockout, something dangerous. But, you know, I got stuck with the cookie monster, which I didn't like then, but now I love. It's so cute. (laughs) I think it's so, I think because you're adorable. I mean, you could be dangerous and adorable at the same time. I think it's completely possible and you're proof of that. Um, it sounds like a Pokemon, like a little cute Pokemon that can like whoop you. <laughs> totally, right? So, do you have siblings? I'm actually the only child. Your only child? What? Yeah. How was that growing up? Did you? It's funny because people always ask me. They're like, Carla, did you have brothers that you used to fight and wrestle with, and yeah. this and that that got you to be this way? And I'm like, nope, not really. I just my dad actually always used to like play around with me and like. I think he wanted a boy or something. So he used to just like mess with me and like, you know, oh, like just rough house with me a little bit, like sock me on there. I'm like, hey, you know, and I think that's kind of where I think he wanted me to always be tough and like yeah. protect myself. So I think that's where that came from. That's really cool. I have three brothers. And yeah. I, as you know, <laughs> I can just, that's probably, I don't know if that's what made you so tough. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that I definitely came out of the womb with some kind of, I don't know ferociousness of my own for sure because my mom I mean I'll give it to my mom my mom's she's a legend man she's a fighter for sure in my family we got that you know the fighter in us not professionally obviously but just fighters of life I think that comes from my mom for sure but then growing up with three brothers who you train with my brother Mike right yeah Everyone holds her weight really well, and definitely, even though I'm the older sister, we're so close in age that it's kind of like there wasn't older or younger in a way. And I definitely, I think I'm going to give my brothers a lot of credit for the quote-unquote toughness. (laughs) (laughs) And it's cool because you guys are probably like rolling around as kids, like not really knowing what you're doing, but still at this like... At this age, like, we're all adults now, and you guys are still rolling around on the mats, training together. It's, it's really cool. It's so rad to be able to train jujitsu with my brothers and just, you know, basically, yeah, do so many of the similar things that we were doing as kids, playing outside, doing all these things, and but just as adults. Yeah, quote-unquote. Adults. <laughs> um, I think to be a fighter is such a unique—it's a really unique individual and definitely a unique— career path I think it's extra unique being a woman I imagine being a woman a female fighter for sure when did this idea start to come into your life I mean I know you started wrestling in high school right what led you to wrestling I think I was always really open-minded and I 
I don't know, for whatever reason, I've always liked sports and stuff. So I was actually playing basketball at the time, and believe it or not, because I'm like five foot tall. I love lifting weights for some reason, always. Like that was always a passion of mine. Like I was always naturally super strong. And I remember some of the football players or something saw me in the weight room. They were like, you're so strong. You should try out for wrestling. And I was always pretty open-minded. I'm like, what is this? And why not? You know, so I just went to try it out. There was another girl there, and I didn't know what I was doing, obviously, first day, but I, like, threw her around. And I Freshman, was like, or how old were you? I was actually a junior, so oh, I started okay, cool. pretty late. Cool. But I just jumped in, and I was like, this is really fun. And, like, they were like, oh, guys on the team, you know, put beds. They're like, when is this girl's going to quit? When is she going to quit? Bye. But I just fell in love. It was so fun, you know, getting there, like, throwing people around. Obviously getting thrown around a lot, too. But yeah. that was cool. I loved it. It's part of it. Question about being strong. Did you feel strong before there were guys telling you that you were strong? Or did you feel strong on your own? or did mm-hmm. it, And did they validate what you already felt? Or <clears throat> did they kind of bring it to your attention? Like, you know what I mean? You know what, like, brought it to my attention? My mom got me, like, a gym membership. When I was like maybe 11 or 12 and I worked with a personal trainer, kind of like learning a little bit of this and that. And what made me feel strong or realize that I was different than other girls was all the looks that I would get from all the guys. Like and not just like, oh, this girl's hot, you know, because I'm like 12 years old, you know, or 13 or I was young. It was like these guys like people are impressed and people would come up and talk to me like, wow, you know, this and that you're you're really strong and. It just kind of was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But I didn't know if they were telling that to other girls. You don't know because it's like your first time hearing something. But it just made me like realize like, oh, this is something that I like and I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And it was I think people tend to like generally like stuff that they're good at, you know. Of course. So I just kind of stuck with it and always had a passion for it. And that kind of led me to wrestling. That's rad. My brother, Mike, one of the most consistent things he's ever said about you is how strong you are you know your power power he's yeah and my brother he doesn't throw those things around lightly I mean you know everyone in my family is it's pretty it's as real as it gets real, so yeah. it's like and he's always just referred to you as you know you're so strong and you can see it in your videos you know you're you're doing some real shit with him and it's um it's gnarly so yeah I think it's obvious that you were definitely born a strong, physically strong, and then obviously there's a mental, but we'll get into that. So that's right. So you got into wrestling, you fell in love with it. You got a, a scholarship, right? For Yeah, for wrestling. And it was weird because I was on pretty much an all-guys team in high school at Redondo, you know, but the guys just like What's throwing around. Like? Oh my gosh. Like I actually didn't like care for it too much. I don't know, for some reason, like I've always liked that strong female energy, but I didn't really know it at that point because I'd only been around the guys. But I was just like, these guys are like, they're gross. They make dirty jokes. Especially in high school. Yeah. Dorks. Totally. They give each (laughs) other, they give each other crap. They give me crap. I'm like, these guys are mean. Like they were cool and my friends, but they also give each other a lot of crap too. And not that girls don't, but in a different way. And then I remember going to college and me on this women's team and I wasn't like, the odd woman out it wasn't that one like different person it was like we were all here for the same reason all love wrestling all love to train most of us came from all guys teams so it was like now we're all together and it was like a really different dynamic but it grew to be one of the best things that I've experienced in my life that's rad it was probably so it was almost maybe I imagine 
the first sense of female kind of bonding outside of maybe you and, you know, people in your family, your mom, and but just like that, like female tribe, right? Like some kind of... Definitely, definitely. And like family, it's different because, you know, there's different age groups and people are far and you see each other on holidays and right. who knows what you have in common. I mean, some people are lucky enough to live down the street from their cousins, but I wasn't. So I never really had too much of that. I mean, I'd had best friends as this and that, you know, but never on like this strong, powerful level where we were all had this interest of something that was so like intense. Yeah, and so unique and so kind of defiant to the norm of what, you know, a woman would necessarily be known to be doing, right? Like wrestling <laughs> and women. Now, you usually don't put those or you definitely weren't doing that, putting those two things together back then. Now, I, it's obviously we're in a different time. Yeah, right? it's cool. It still gives people like look, you know, you get a mm-hmm. second look if a girl says, oh, I do jujitsu yeah. or I do like wrestling or I'm a fighter. Like you definitely get a second look, but not the way it used to be like 10, 15 years ago. It's, I love that, though, that it's starting to become more normal. Yeah. You know, it's sure. not such a, a shock every time you hear it. Yeah. Well, so that's, I mean, you're like, you're OG, right? You're pretty much, you've been in the game since the game's been the game, I feel like, right? I mean, again, I'll go back to my brother, Mike. Like, he, you've known my brothers, my brothers, both of them, or Mike? For- I've known Mike for like at least 15 years, like half of my life, pretty much. Wow. Just turned 30. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. You were there. You were yes, at my birthday party. <laughs> I love the way you celebrate your birthday, too. You're like, it's my birthday month. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I love that. <laughs> celebrate your life. You're earning it. You're living it. You're surviving it. It's it's a party. Exactly. I, I mean, that. I could talk forever about birthdays. <laughs> I love it. And I love to make my friends feel special on their birthdays, too, because I'm like, I'm happy you're alive. Like, yeah. this is great. Yes, I can see you (laughs) doing that. You're a nurturer for sure. But sorry, I went off a little bit. Yeah, I've known Mike for like forever. I actually used to play basketball down at the park and there's a teen center there and used to hang out with his friends, you know, doing, I don't know, just boy stuff, like playing sports, hanging out. Skateboarding. Skateboarding. Being being a little troublemaker. (laughs) Yeah. Probably, for sure. So, and I would just go and play basketball like with the guys and... Again, kind of being like the only girl out there or rarely would ever see another girl. And it was just fun, though. Like, I loved it, you know? That's so rad. Yeah. I mean, I think that because to essentially be in a male-dominant sport, even though there's so many. I don't I don't even know if that's a valid statement now. Is it valid to even say it's male-dominant? I mean, there's probably more men, male fighters still at this point. Than oh, female, yeah, but for sure. You have to. I think that there needs to be some kind of mental... You have to have a mindset that allows you to be in this game, right? And from listening to what you're saying, being on an all basically boys wrestling team and, you know, being the only girl at the park playing basketball, you were, without even realizing it, naturally kind of grooming yourself in a way to have this mindset to be able to enter this male-dominant sport, right? Definitely. I feel like all the experiences I had before made it, normal being the only girl in a room full of guys like doing the same thing yeah and it's kind of crazy because I talked to other like I had a super emotional conversation with like uh, a woman you know uh, when we were at like a bachelorette party of all things like (laughs) when we were all on our way heading home you know she she sat she's a female firefighter and she just sat there like got super emotional and like teared up and 
she's like, I have issues where I body issues. I want to look stronger because I'm like, I've never heard that before. And she's like, yeah. I don't want the guy. I don't want guys to look at me as weak and that wow. I can't do my job. And I'm like, wow, I've never heard of that before. That's so but she's like, she was so proud of like what I'd done in my sport. And she actually wrestled a little bit too, but she was like, wow, you know, you did this. And, and I'm like, you're doing the same thing that I'm doing. Like you're oh, groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of women that do this because it's hard. And maybe they were kind of pushed out of it because of society, you know, sure. like the way they look at it, like, oh, I can't do that. Right. But now women like that are groundbreaking, that are pioneers are like, yes, I can. Yes, we can. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's the coolest sure. thing. Yeah, I think now more than ever, I mean, it's the time of the woman. It's amazing. And I have an older sister and having my three brothers. But always men, it's always been a comfortable thing for me. I've never felt inferior or superior. It's always kind of felt even to me. And I think that yeah. has something to do with the fact that I come from a big family where there was both brothers and sisters and we treated each other equally. You know, it wasn't, my brothers didn't treat me like a girl and I didn't treat them like my brothers. It was just kind of like, we're just family. And it's kind of crazy that you say that because I've known other people from like big families, but let's say the dad is like, this very dominating, like, macho man or whatever. And then, mm -hmm. or the males are put on a pedestal. Even though the girls are outperforming them, it's like, right. oh, no, the boy, like, this this is a great. So they kind of, like, have that mentality of, like, okay, the boy is, like, above the female. That's true. I can see. Yeah, yeah I didn't have that in my family. And, you know, for the most part, it, it was, we're raised by my mom, so single mother raising us kids. And so that's like the epitome of like a strong woman doing totally. it on her own. Like, and that's why, like, even with Mike, like I've always seen, he's had such a respect for like strong women, strong yeah. women athletes in every regard. He's just like respects it, you know? Sure. And more than like the average guy would is like, Oh, that's cool. A girl's in space. He's like, no, this is dope. These women are doing this. Like, I love it. Like he's so like, he's such a good influence and supporter. Oh, and I'm lucky that, that I got back around him, actually. You know, it's so crazy that life's, life brings you back together in, like, different aspects. And, like, I knew him when I was younger, but then we ended up working, like, and training at the same gym in Gold's Gym and just becoming, like, way closer friends through That's that. Cool. And it's cool how kind of life brings you together. And now he's yeah. my he's my trainer. He's my strength and conditioning coach for my I, fights. That's so great. Yeah. I think that's so cool. I know. I love that about life, right? Just you never know. And, you know, I think that, that relationships are so important, right? And when you have a good connection with someone, I mean, you just you never know where that's going to end up. Um, and I know he thinks the world of you and he's having so much fun you know, training with you. And I think, you know, in his, to be a really good trainer, just you give him something too, right? Because you guys feed off of each other. Like if you were just whatever, doing your thing and just like, ah, oh, I got to get this done. But you go in there and you're like ready to go. And that powers him up. So, you know, I know how my brother does his thing. And it, I, and I have seen pieces of like, how you're doing your thing on your own and then even with them. So I imagine that being in the setting with you guys in that room must feel really cool. Like you're just, and especially having the history that you have, like going that far back. That's yeah. I imagine it feels really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a different dynamic to like work with somebody who you've known for a long time and who's always like 
who they believe in you. So it's like that extra motivation. Like I would say that Mike is someone who really motivates me. And it's almost like, oh, I don't want to lose. Like I want to like, I want to make Mike proud. And you always feel that way about your coach. Yeah. You know, because they, you know that they're putting that into you, but it's even like on a, on a bigger level. Cause I know he's like supporting me like for forever. So it's like the fact that he's a part of like this pot of like this potion and that potion that yeah. put together, like, the formula to create this readiness for the fight like it's even more like okay I, I want to do well yeah well you're both invested in each other exactly I mean if you watch him when you're fighting girl <laughs> <laughs> it is so it is something to watch Michael I call my yes my brother Michael Mike when you know you're fighting or if like it just is he is he can't sit he's pacing I mean, he's in there with you, I swear. It's like, give him elbow space. Make sure there's no kids around. Oh, my gosh. The profanities that come out of the mouth. And it's all passion. It's all, like, it's I saw him watching Verdum fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like, it's so physical for him. He's just up, and he's like... And I get it, because I get like that, too. I love, I mean... I love, I love MMA. I love the UFC. It is, we talked about this earlier. I don't watch TV I know Game of Thrones must be off the hook. <laughs> I get it. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, gosh. but you don't have to watch TV. Oh you could just gosh. binge and Netflix. I'm like, no, I don't want a tube, dude. I don't want to sit there and like, unless I'm watching a film and then it's not like, okay, let's see what happens next week. The only thing that I'll watch is the Ultimate Fighter or UFC fights or I love it. And I'm, you know, I train jujitsu, so I have like a few, you know, I friends with fighters a whole bit. And uh, so I, too, can get that sensation when I'm watching, you know, people that I know and they're doing their thing and I'm up and I can't sit. But I, you know, to be training you. Yeah, it, that's got to be Michael. He's like fucking burning calories. <laughs> but okay, wait. Oh, my so, gosh. And all this being said, you have a fight coming up in yes. December. Which, and I don't want to go that far ahead. I want to kind of go back a little bit and then get there. And by the way, all my bracelets, if anyone's wondering what that sound is, I'm not going to give a fuck because they don't leave my body. So they're going to be on every <laughs> podcast episode. It's like our little background music. It's totally- <laughs> <laughs> No, it is. I'm going to ask you about that, but then I want to go back. So you have a fight in December, right? Yes. And December 30th versus Cynthia. Calvillo, if I'm saying it correctly, um, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. I think it's UFC 219. I wish I could say I'm like, I know everything for a fact right now, but I'm personally like not even like mentally invested into it yet because like I'm not at, quite at that like camp mark, like two month mark. So it's like, okay, you know, like, because I've known about this fight for like two months. So if I'm obsessing about something for four months, it's just overkill. It's like, oh, like. I love I that you're saying it. this because there's been this question in my head that I wanted to ask you. And so perfect opportunity. And the question is, when you, when a fight is announced, when you get announced, right, that you're going to fight. How does that work? I mean, all of a sudden, does it just, like, come at you, first of all? Like, do you, you don't... Well, it depends, because sometimes you ask for a fight, you know? Okay. Sometimes you can do it publicly, like, you win a fight. Hey, so-and-so, <laughs> I want you! You know? And then it's not so much of a surprise. Or let's say, like, there's somebody, like, in the title contention or whatever. Some Sometimes it's, like, 
a matchup, you know it's going to happen, but sometimes it's, and sometimes you can call and be like, okay, I want to fight so-and-so or give them a list of people or whatever. Yeah. You know, your manager talks to matchmakers and then from there, or sometimes they come up you with something. Maybe you're on somebody's list mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, do you want to fight so-and-so? And you're like, oh, okay. You know, so it's a really quick kind of process and you're like, yes, I want to. Yes, they want to. Boom fight set up and you know you have to wait till it's like official like before you sign your contract because nothing's set in stone you know at that point it's like okay I'm fighting this person and for me like it depends depending on the profile of the fight it can be four months out it can be two months out Mm -hmm. or it can be a short notice like yeah. One week out or right. two days out. You could be you, stepping in because someone got injured or something. I mean, exactly. anything, right? So it's like, you never know. And then with this fight, I've known for a while. So it was just like, it, the fight actually got pushed back to a month later to when it was supposed to be. So I was like, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, oh, shoot. You know, like I said, nothing was written yet. So it was like, dang it. Now I'm like, when's, you know, am I going to get my con? You know, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So it was kind of just like, oh, shoot. All right. Well, I got more time now. So I actually had kicked it into like almost camp mode. And they were like, you got another month. So I'm like, okay, slow it down, slow it down, you know? Yeah. Well, I, okay. So let me ask you this. So when you find out, you get the word that, you know, it's fight time. Like, there's a date set, and you're actually... Is there something that switches on that's just different immediately in that moment with you? Is there something in... Definitely. Like, it puts, like, a lot of pressure on you because you're like, okay, this is happening. Like, I have something, like, I already have this goal this day that I'm like... It's happening regardless. Like, it's real now. what I do from now on, it's going to affect that day. So it's kind of crazy. And I've like this fight because I had so much time and I've had to do that in the past too. like, it's like, okay, slow down, slow down. Don't focus on this. Like I've never seen my opponent fight to this day. And I'm like, I'm going to wait until like another week or two. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be like, okay, she can do this. She can do that. Obsess over like, okay, what if this happens? What is this? Cause yeah. like my mind just goes into like obsess mode. Sure. So it's like, okay, you know, Carla, slow down, slow down. You know, I tell myself that. And then it's kind of hard when you know about something, yet you're on a trip. So, like, before I defended my belt, like, I fought, like, five times in, like, eight months. So I was, like, really, like, burnt out. And then they were like, okay. Then the next night after my fight, when I was in Vegas, they were like, these two fighters are going to fight for the title next. So I'm like, I'm watching the fight knowing, like we talked about, you know, you don't know who you're. This time I knew how I was going to fight this person. So regardless of the date being said, I knew this was my next opponent. Right. So I sat in Vegas the day after I won the belt watching to see who am I going to fight next. And then from that date on, it was like it was in my mind, you know. Right. I was going to ask you, we're kind of going to jump around, but that's kind of standard with any conversation I have. <laughs> you know? I don't know if we've said this and yet, but I just want to officially say, so you were the first UFC strawweight champion. Yes. Right. Female, obviously. Uh, <laughs> well, female or male, to... because there's no... Oh, shit, you're there's right. There's no male strawweights. You're right. And Damn. I don't think there ever will be. Educated. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> now I'm the only weight class you can say that about, because they're adding the 125 division for females right now. So right. there's a 125 male division. So every single weight class, there's both except for mine. So it's yeah, cool. girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's okay. Gosh, there's so many things. Even just on that, there's so many things I want to tear into. But let me ask you this. Let's go to, you're on the Ultimate Fighter 
and you're obviously the season winner, right? That was season 20. Season 20. Season 20, 2013. How did that feel? Like just that whole experience. Well, the way I describe it, it's like sorority house and jail put together, you know? (laughs) So you have like all these females and all this like craziness, but then it's like, and we have like some, like, it's not as restricted as jail. You know, we get like to order anything we want off a grocery list. We get like the comfort of like a comfy bed or clothes, all that stuff. But at the same time, it's like the drama, you know, and it's like. The stress of like, okay, I'm cooking eggs next to this person, yet I might fight them in a week, you know? So most people don't even want to look at their opponent before a fight right. as a, you know, let alone live with them or sleep next to them, you know? Such a mind game. It is. So for me, I just kind of like try to stay focused and it was kind of cool because we didn't have phones, we didn't have TV, we didn't have books, nothing. Yeah. So it was kind of like, it was in a way, really nice to be unplugged from the world no and books. just focus on training. Dang. Yeah, it was kind of cool because they want more drama. You got to like right. more time to interact. Wow. They don't want to film you reading a book. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> that's what I would be doing the whole time. Right? Like, <laughs> <just> me. <laughs> book in my face. Book in my face. Total geek. Oh my that's gosh. hilarious. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess when you say it like that, that makes sense. And at that point, you had already been fighting... For how long? I started fighting in 2010, I believe. Okay. Yeah, right after I came back from my ACL tear. So at that point, I'd been fighting for like 2010, 2010. Yeah, that's, well, okay, a couple of years. And you, so when you got into the home, you, I mean, did you feel like you, I mean, you must have walked in there with confidence because you, I don't know anything about the other girls that you were fighting during that time to know how seasoned they were or not, but did you walk in there feeling pretty legit? <laughs> yeah, well, at that time, the the UFC of women's MMA was Invicta. That yeah. was the top promotion for women. So for me, like, I was already at the top of the top promotion that had my division. So I felt pretty confident. I knew there was, like, a target on my back. Who doesn't want to be the champ? You know, it's not a disrespect thing. It's like, I want what you have. So it was like... Yeah. Okay, and I and I was supposed to fight right before the show was announced, and then my opponent Claudia Gadella, she cut too much weight, ended up in the hospital. Oh. So at that point, like they gave us six months before the show, so I had gone like a while without fighting. So I was like, kind of nervous, you know. I was studying everybody, doing everything I was supposed to, and then on the shows, like they had picked the top eight girls from the top division, and then the other eight had to try out. So I knew that the competition was like gonna be fierce you know so it was like okay you know you have to be ready for anything it's not like one fight where you just focus on that specific person it's like anything can happen so it was pretty crazy that's really exciting right I mean how old are you at that time I'm not the best at math (laughs) I neither am I I'm sorry this is I'm the worst at math I don't and I forget the timeline of certain things in my life okay we can actually skip that if you want especially math on the spot just fucking worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh... You were not 30. Let's put it that you were just a little... Okay, so... <laughs> when you decided to... That you you were going to pursue a career in fighting, how did your parents respond to that? I think they were used to it because of wrestling, and I'd been doing jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai, and I was training for a while. Yeah. So, at that point, I didn't even know it was a career option. I didn't even know what MMA was. I was just like, oh, you know, it's just fun. 
you know, to do. Because it wasn't even an option necessarily. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, there was definitely some things happening, but it was by no means obviously what it is now yeah. for females. For me, it was just a fun thing. Like, I enjoyed it. I was like, this sounds cool, you know, and it wasn't a money thing because I lost money on my first fight. Not even on the camp. Like, I lost money, like, eight, I paid, like, $900 in medicals, and I made, oh, like, wow. 800 in the fight. And that was winning, too. So when you fight, you get your show money, and then you get your win money, which is usually, like, half. Wow. So I was like, man, this cut fight, this is awesome. That's it only enormous. cost me $100, you know? <laughs> That's insane. Wow. You really, gosh, okay. That's impressive. Because at that point, too, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're only doing it for love. I mean, right? Because you didn't really, incentive-wise, I mean. For sure. Like, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of people have been like, oh, you're like the same person, you know, as before. Like, and to me, it just, I got lucky that something that I happened to love ended up jumping into the mainstream. Sure. Because, I mean, even when I was fighting outside of the UFC, it was still not, it was known, but not like the way it is on this big stage. So it was kind of like, yeah. And, you know, I just happened to get lucky where I could do something and make money doing it. Cause if it was, I don't want to like say any other sport, but something that isn't as well known and, Mm -hmm. Oh, like even like jujitsu. So people love jujitsu, but you pay to go compete. You pay like a hundred dollars to go do a tournament and, possibly lose on your first match and you're out you know and people do it because they love it you know not for anything else but what happens if next year it blows up and it's on tv and people are making like six figures doing it or something it's like amazing that's cool yeah that must have been so yeah how did you feel when when the ufc started you know basically invited women to to come in and fight like how did that feel just in you saying that is it like well, I mean, you know Ronda Rousey, like you've done her makeup. Mm-hmm. So she was in a division 135, the first division that they let in. And as Dana White has said, she's the reason why they let women in. So it's yeah. so cool. But for me, you know, it was still very like, uh, well, she's the reason they're in. Like, this is what it is. So I didn't have any expectations in my career time of like entering into the UFC. And then I got the phone call. And then I was just like, oh, my God, no way. Like, this is crazy. That must have been rad. Yeah, at that point, like, I'd been fighting for a while, and I just never expected it because it was like, I thought it was, it took so many years for just that one division to get in. I was like, this is never going to happen. Like, maybe five years after I'm, like, done fighting, they'll be like, okay, women are in. You know, I'll be (laughs) like, I missed the boat. I was too old. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. That must have been a really exciting experience for you, like, to just... You had already been doing so much work, right? And again, almost with no incentive to grow, really. Like, it wasn't... Definitely. I think that's how it is for most pioneers in any sport. Baseball, football. Sure. The people in the beginning, they do all the legwork. They fight for beans. They fight for nothing. And then it gets famous later, and people are making crap ton of money and they're just like yep shoot i missed out you know but it wasn't and they're the reason why it is what it is but it sucks because they don't get to benefit from the fruits of their labor pretty much for sure and they definitely set the stage yeah Yeah. no that's i've seen that happen in pro surfing with longtime best friend of mine who's just an incredible she's i mean she blows 
Man, this she's um, like I can't even finish my sentence because she's so major. But she she makes guys just break the neck. Like looking back and just she charges on another level, and wow. she's a pioneer. You know, it happened. I mean, she definitely tapped into some of the money, but the girls now are just so much more fortunate and have so many more opportunities on all different levels, not even just money, right? Um, just exposure, period. She kind of, she paved it and she got to tap into somewhat of it now, but then at the same time, you know, she's she's my generation. She's a little older, so she didn't really get to experience what the girls are getting now, so. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> I know, it sucks when you've done all this crazy ass work, especially when it's something where, it's something so physical, you know, it's like you put your life on the line. She's, you know, charging whatever. We, I don't call waves by face, but if you were going to, they're like 30, 40 foot face waves, right? Yeah. And just, yeah. And so she's always putting her life out on the line and yeah. not necessarily. And she's coming up short on dollars where oh, you know, it's gnarly. It's, yeah. So anyways, I've seen it firsthand very closely. So yeah, so I'm excited that you didn't miss the boat, basically. And yeah. you're in there, and you're still in there. You're so in there. Okay, what do you do? So, fight's announced, and like you said, I heard you say a couple of times, okay, Carla, just calm down. You got to stay. <laughs> and I feel that you do have a very kind of composed presence in all the times that I've engaged with you. There's You're fun, and you're definitely bubbly, but you're, there's always this composure. So there's two parts to what I want to ask you. What do you do to keep yourself in a calm state? What's your self-talk like? I mean, is there quotes? Is there, like, what do you do? How do you tame that part of you that can rev your engines and make things a little bit intense? I think I just try to let myself slow down, like, kind of, like, take a breath. Like, so you like okay, I breathe, and I'm just like, okay okay, calm down. This is going to happen. Like, I almost like talk to myself a little bit. Like, okay, okay, just calm down. Okay, calm down. We're going to do this. Or, or before a fight, like people always comment on my face. I'm just like blank. It's just like, okay, focus. And then I let my mind go blank. You know, how do you let your mind go blank? Do you meditate? No, I don't meditate. But maybe that's what I do like unknowingly. Sure. Kind of before I go out. And just kind of like looking at the floor, just like, okay, focus. And don't let the outside, like, distraction of, like, the fans, you know, the walk, anything, like, take away from, like, the task at hand. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a talent to be able to basically tune out the noise and just zero in on the most important thing. I think that is not necessarily easy to do, and it's definitely a benefit to be able to do that, so. Yeah, and it's weird because everybody, like, functions on their own kind of has their own process exactly has their own process some people like want to be pumped up some people like sock themselves in the face I've, yep. I've known like on the ultimate fighter i recently watched one girl who was like made her coach slap her in the face fire punch back <laughs> slap me harder like <laughs> I, I must have missed that episode. I didn't see that. That's hilarious. And it's crazy because it's like. I mean, I can get it in a way, you know, if you got to kind of bring out the animal, but. Wake up, wake up. Or some people need to be angry with their like opponents. Like, oh, I'm going to kill. Or some people need to be like, I don't know if it's fake or real, but like ultra confident. I'm going to kill this girl. I'm going to, or this guy. I'm going <laughs> to get after her. I got this. Like, it's just everybody's like so different, you know? Sure. 
Do you ever feel fear? Oh, every time. Like, every time I'm, like, so scared. And it's, like, I feel the adrenaline rushing through my body. And, like I said, some people need that confidence. I need that. I feel like the fear makes me better. It makes me, like, I'm on my toes. I'm, like, I need to survive. I need to do anything to survive. Because this person's, like, trying, like, literally trying to kill me. And then the ref's there to stop her from killing me if we ever get to that position. But that's what you're trying to do, pretty much. Like, hurt somebody, like, to the point where they have to stop. They can't move. Yeah, it's true. It's, I mean... Exactly. I mean, you're 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 in a cage. You're <laughs> like caged animals. Like. It's so true, though. I mean, we, and this has been happening obviously for years and years. You know, we we can go back to like gladiators. Exactly. Like on the day of a fight, you feel the fear, but you're just monitoring it and like, and you're essentially keeping it in check, right? For sure. For sure. And in some ways, it kind of drives you. Yeah, I can see that because you have the alarm in you, so you're alert, right? You know what's going to happen, and then that keeps you, I imagine, I'm saying this, like, imagining your mindset yeah. in that state of, you know. I yeah, know. and I had a friend, like, I'm always like, I don't like to, I like to be humble. I don't like to get, like, overconfident. I'm always like, well, you know, they're like, oh, you're going to keep this girl's. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to go and do my best. They're like, no. They're like, you got to say that you're going to, like, <laughs> I don't ever want to hear you say maybe. I'm like, dude, like, that's my process. Like, back up. Like, yeah. that's just how I am. Like, it's not going to change. Yeah. You know, it's like you telling me, like, oh, no, just say it. Like, if anything, it does worse for me because I'm like, if I ever feel overconfident, that's when I perform worse because it's like, oh, I got this. And my body doesn't go into, like, I'm not as sharp. How I process what you just said, I imagine that you leaving that space open and not being, like you said, overconfident, it's not because you're anticipating the chance of a loss or something going wrong necessarily, but it's more so that you can stay loose so that you can address whatever needs to be addressed when the time comes, right? I mean, that's how I, that's just how I heard it. Yeah, for sure. And that's definitely like the kind of the purpose behind it. And like, I do, I am scared, like personally scared of the loss. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if? You do the what ifs. I'll ask my coach, like, I'm usually like calm, like the whole fight week, but at some point I'll be like, coach, what if this, what if that, what if that? And my coach, he knows, like, the drill. It's always the same. He's just like, it's fine. You're going to be fine. Like, this is fine. You know, the, then you'll do this. I'm like, well, what if she just hits me? And Well, then you'll hit her back. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's you have so all funny. the answers. For sure. So you're in camp right now. I'm in, like, pre-camp. So okay. for me, a camp, like, a full hard camp starts at, like, two months. And before that, I want to be in, like, decent shape. So okay. camp is not for getting in shape. Camp is for, like, pushing the pace, you know, and mm-hmm. studying on specifics, like, for your opponent. And, like, pre-camp is, like, getting to where I need to be to where, like, when you're in camp, you're not focusing so much on, like, oh, I'm dying and I can't get through this. Like, you got to get ready to get to camp. Basically. Yeah, you got to get ready to get ready. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, be ready to be ready. That's a real thing. I love that. <laughs> I'm ready to be ready to be ready. So two months out. So you're getting close. You're, like, right there, right? Yeah, pretty much a week or two. I'm Dang. right there. 
Wow. So I'm like, I feel like the adrenaline through my body right now. I'm like, oh, it's about to be camp. Oh, my God. I feel that anxiety of like, oh, shoot. Like, it's it's almost time. Like, it's about to to get get real. It's about to get real. Damn. I, oh, my gosh. So wait, can you walk me through what a typical day in camp looks like for you? When it's actual camp mode? Yeah, well, (laughs) when it's camp mode, like, and it changed, changed a little bit because I have my dog now. So it's like, I try to like, I got to walk him too. So it's like extra like draining so usually i'll like get up make my breakfast take my dog for like a good walk go train 11 like mma on a monday like 11 to 1 30 go home shower ice up make my lunch and then from there i'll leave the house at like 4 30 and then go train 5 to like 6 30 jujitsu 6 30 to 7 30 wrestling ish like around that time and then just kind of like keep going keep going sometimes we'll switch it up coach will take over be like okay we're doing mma specific sparring tonight or whatever yeah that's like a typical day you know it's just like eat train eat train eat train sleep you know it's that's it and sometimes the timing in the middle is too short but sometimes with injuries like i have to head to oc5 doc and take care of like some injuries in between so i'll have like two or three hours break but I'll need to spend like one hour recovering an injury or something and then head home. So it's like, it's hard because like that break time, it's like not as much as like you would like. Sure. You know, but it's a job. It's a real you job. Know? So on my rest days, I'm so exhausted at that point. Like, it's like, oh, do you want to go out to eat or let's go to this festival or do this or that? I'm just like, I'm not leaving festival? my house. Festival? I'm I got tired already hearing the day, and I'm like, festival? Yeah, like, you know, like, when I'm not in camp, I'm like, let's go do cool stuff. Yeah, you, yeah, you're active. And this and that, and. Yeah. I love doing cool stuff, but when it's like, when I'm so exhausted, my friends at this point understand. I'm just like, leave me alone. Like, I love you, but I'm staying in my house. Even the company of having people come over, it's like, I gotta get up, and it's like, I just want to, like, completely like rest my mind rest my body it's important you have to right I mean it's if you don't recover I think it was Hoyce Gracie that said this resting is training I love that statement and that really sticks with me because I'm obviously active and I have to kind of I have to go out of my way to schedule my active rest days just because I love training so much and doing all the different it's things like you wish your body could go like a million miles an hour totally an hour and you never had to take a break or sleep or do anything like you could just be constantly doing Can you stuff. Just do this all the time exactly uh, yeah sitting too long is hard for me truly but I love keeping that in my mind that resting is training and it makes so much sense if you don't come down <clears throat> mentally hormonally I mean all those things are such a factor in your performance so it makes perfect sense and it's good that you like have other hobbies too that are like more of at least physically resting like listening to podcasts and reading and writing learning learning yeah growth mindset junkie yes I love it so much I I can't get enough of it which is why I had to start this bitch (laughs) (laughs) So I want to ask you a question. So you're the first strawweight champion in the UFC. And you have your belt, which is an incredible feeling, I imagine. And then later comes a time where you lose the belt. How do you process loss? So you can tell me definitely about that particular experience. But also feel free to talk about just 
processing loss in general, you know, maybe other times in your life where you came up short some way, but how do you deal with it? I think every loss is a little bit different, you know, depending on the circumstances. I mean, let's say in fights, let's say you lose a close split decision and people are like, you won that fight, you won that fight, you know, you got robbed. So you kind of walk away like I lost and whatever, but I have the backing of my people and inside I know, for example, that I won or whatever. So it's a little bit different or let's say you just got bested by somebody and you're like, okay, you know, that person's just better. I think it always depends on the situation. And with this specific one, I think I was like in a really bad place because... With the belt. With the belt. Yeah. Because I had, I think it was two months after I won it too. And I like had fought so many times in such a short period and I was burnt out mentally, physically, like emotionally. I was just like done. And I was just, I felt like kind of pressured into this fight that I was like I needed more time for but I was like okay I guess you know and I ended up having a horrible performance so just going in there knowing that I didn't perform the way that I should have made me feel terrible losing something so amazing that I just was like the high point of my career was a bad feeling and then on top of that tearing my um shoulder my labrum and my shoulder and then being injured after that fight was like another thing that was like super upsetting. So like that's a lot to yeah. take on at one time. Exactly. So it was just like, you know, I was upset with a lot of things. I was really like just depressed and bummed out. And then from that point it was like, okay, you know, what do I do from here? Like I can't even train and like work to get better. I can't what's my release in life? Training, mm-hmm. martial arts, a set, but I don't have that release. So like Anytime I've gotten injured, there's a period of depression. And I would like to find a way outside of that, but I haven't yet. Especially on a big injury. Because you see, like, my career, the thing I do for fun, the thing that makes me happy. I can't do that. What else am I going to do? Like, it's like all these mix of negative emotions. So I was just in a really bad place for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then coming back from that loss was, like, very difficult for me. Because it just brought up so many... It was associated with all of these negative things put together. How did you start to come out of it? Like, what was the process? Do you remember when you turned a corner, basically, from that moment? Was it when you your shoulders started healing and you were maybe able to start training again? Or, like, what? where was it with you? I actually saw, like, a therapist, like, right, like, around that time because I was, like, so in a bad place and I was, like, I want to be better. Yeah. And actually the therapist really, like, I felt was not good at all and really didn't do anything for me. And not to say, like, therapy is not good. Sure. But it was just, like, I think the person wasn't good or maybe not for me. You didn't connect with the person, right? Yeah. And I was just like, I don't really – I'm not feeling this. And then – but the fact that I kept going for, like, a few times because I felt good about getting up to go make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I'm doing something that's positive, like, trying – yeah. To like, uh, I don't know what the word is. You were being proactive. Proactive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that fact alone made me feel better. And then physical therapy, it's pushing my way through physical therapy was like, it's super challenging. It's almost like training for anything like a fight because you're like, it's something that's hard. Mm-hmm. You're struggling through, but you need to push yourself. You need to focus. And I think a lot of people like point their nose up at physical therapy and are just feel lazy about it or want to jump back. You know, oh, I just want to jump back into the training sooner. But for me, it's like I've been injured so many times. I realize how important it is 
just training, training, training and seeing those improvements every week, like help me feel a lot better. Progress. Exactly. Progress. Yeah. You know, on that note made me feel better. And then, you know, getting those little victories of now I can do this. Now I can do this. And then in training those slow victories, like, you know, drilling. Okay, I can do this. Oh, now I can do this. Like, I think I'm very like goal oriented. So Mm -hmm. like that made me feel better. Sure. Yeah. You want to just you're driven by feeling that you're not only looking towards something that you want to accomplish, but accomplishing things along the way there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like your physical therapy was kind of like small wins. Yes, it is like It is, right? I mean, I I had three, I've had three knee surgeries and I definitely experienced physical therapy, but I imagine that with you, especially when you rely on your body again to, it's your career, it's your passion beyond even career. It's like, it's basically everything that you've been investing your life in up at that point, right? So you want to make sure that you're doing everything coming out of an injury to the best that you can so that you can re-enter your sport feeling confident and feeling really great, basically. Definitely. Yeah. I imagine, too, that I say this a lot, that we don't know how badass we are unless we've gone through some shit. Like, how else would you know, (laughs) right? It's like now you can look back and you have reference points of things that you've survived, that you've conquered. So there's so much value in that, right? Do you... For sure. There is value in it, but something that I, like, if I can avoid it, I definitely don't want to go through it again. (laughs) I'm just like, stay away from this, which is actually, like, and I need to be more on my physical therapy now, like, of just strengthening little problem areas. But all these things and getting older has, like, pushed me to want to stretch more, warm up more. Makes you smarter. Yeah. I think that's what kind of is, like, the evening out factor is, like, as you get older and anything, like... Maybe you're not as physically, like, the way you were when you were, like, 10 years younger, but you're way smarter and more efficient. You knew how to use it better. Exactly. So it's, like, it evens out or even makes you that much better. I think so, too, because, first of all, we have our biological age, and then we have our chronological age, right? So you could be, whatever, 30, but biologically you could be a 23-year-old, or it could be the reverse. You know, you can be a lot... If you're not taking care of yourself the right way, you can be 23 with an older body. So I think Definitely. that, anyways, <laughs> rabbit hole, I'll go down there. Okay. <laughs> Would you say that so far in your career that that's been the greatest challenge? Losing the belt? What has Definitely. been? Yeah. Like, that just, when you said that, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> you felt it viscerally. Yes. You're like, oh. Yeah, that's when you know it's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like nothing even compared to that. I mean, losses always suck. Yeah. You know, but two losses that I've had have been like, okay, well, you know, split decisions. You know, that's always like some people are like, you won, you won. Some people are like, you lost. So yeah. those you can kind of walk away from. You're kind of with mixed emotions. And then what my first loss, I went against like the top pound for pound girl in the world and on three days notice so it's hard to really feel bad no matter what happens with that fight but I actually did really well so I walked away like feeling content so like this was actually the only like dominant loss where I was just like 100% hand down you lost you got beat and you lost all this other stuff which sucked you know right yeah okay that keeps you hungry right because 
<laughs> I know you are, and I know you're ready to get it. So what do you do on days when you just don't feel like training? Motivation isn't always there, right? I train. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you just got to, like, suck it up and shut up, and this is my job, and I just got to go do it and go through the motions. Not every day you're going to feel like the motivation that you want to feel. Some days you're going to feel terrible in training and be like, that's not me. I didn't perform the way I wanted to. I got beat. I got tapped out. This, this, this. And then some days you're going to feel like, man, I feel amazing. I did everything I'm supposed to. But it's just like with any other job, you got to show up. Yeah. It's almost like discipline. It's like mental discipline, too, because there's going to be moments in life and in a fight and everything where, like, you're not in a position you want to be in. Are you going to, like, just quit and not do it? Mm-hmm. You know, no, you, you're not. Not if you want to succeed. Yeah, so it bleeds into all other areas of your life. If you're not... If you're not mentally practicing, like, pushing through things that you don't want to do. Yes. I love that. That's (laughs) awesome. No, it's so important. That's what people, you know, the days that I might feel tired and I don't want to go train, I am happier to even just, if even if I'm going to go halfway, it's just not skipping it. It's knowing that you're going to push past that. Definitely. I don't feel, you know, just to keep the repetition and the motion. But like you said, you said it perfectly. Just, yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're going to switch it up really quick because I want to get to some girly stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. It's so funny. It's like, ah. So, Carla is, in my eyes, you're definitely a strong woman. I mean, on a physical level, on a mental level, on an emotional level, strong. You are, I wouldn't even call you a tomboy, though. It's funny because I feel that there's so much of a girliness to you. You know, like you love wearing your makeup. And from what I've seen, you know, when it's time to go out, you've got your dress, you've got your lashes, you've got your hair. And I feel like you really embrace it. You really love it. Right? So oh, I do. I always have. You all. Okay, cool. So is that through childhood or was that? Well, when I started dressing myself, because, you know, when you're, like, (laughs) mom kind of picks your clothes. My mom is pretty laid back with, like, her clothes and stuff. But definitely when I started, like, getting a little bit older, like, I always enjoyed, like, doing my makeup. And obviously I went through my bad phases where I, like, I wore things that were not cute. (laughs) But definitely, like, a lot of experimenting with makeups and outfits and this and that. And I do like to be comfortable. So, like, on a daily basis, it's like, okay, I'm going to go train twice. So, in between, I like to be in something comfortable. But I love to go out and do stuff. And at that point, I'm like, let's do our hair. Let's do our makeup. Do the whole thing. That's, like, my favorite thing is, like, picking my outfit and working around some jewelry. Or, like, oh, like, you find a jewelry piece you love. And you're like, let's build around this. Like, what, what outfit are we going to put together? You know what I mean? That's so cute. I don't even do that. That's amazing. And I do love, I love when it's time to turn it on. But just even looking at you explain it, your eyes are lit up. It's like you're <laughs> ready to go. You're like, where are we going? I, I got, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. What makes you feel beautiful? I don't know. I think just when you're all done up and you're just like, I think makeup and hair and outfit especially when you live in such a contrast of like hair up and pulled back sweaty sweaty t-shirts you know and then you see yeah exactly and then you see like and then you're just 
It's like looking like at a before and after picture, or like you know what I mean. Uh-huh. You're just like it's such a difference, and you're just like wow, like I love this. Like, you're like is, I clean up all right. <laughs> yeah, like it's such a cool thing to kind of like see what all these changes can do, and it's not like putting on ten pounds of makeup. You know that does. It's just like I'm in a different mode. Like it's like worker Barbie and then like party Barbie. Like yeah. ready to go do this. It's cool. Like it's, it's fun. Fun. It's yeah. I mean, it's so. I think that the process, when I'm putting on my makeup, it's definitely, it's not necessarily a party. It's actually very much like I'm meditating in a way, but I love Mm. it so much. It's very peaceful. What a different approach. Yeah, it's interesting, right? When I'm putting my makeup on, I'm usually like excited, (laughs) like, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. Because it's like, it's always like, for me, I rarely like put a lot of makeup on for just like, going to the grocery store sure. or this or that. Cause it's always in between training. Yeah. So for me, it's like, usually I, I associate my makeup with fun times, like doing fun, cool things. That makes so much sense. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I wear makeup, you know, day to day, just doing my thing. I mean, I, I always wear mascara. I'm mean, the only time I don't wear, I mean, I wear mascara when I train jujitsu. I wear mascara when I go surfing. The only time I don't wear mascara is when I'm doing my thermal, basically hot training, you know, when I'm in a a heated room. Do you wear makeup at all when you train? Or zero? No. What about fight day? Fight day, no. Really? Yeah. Maybe fill in the eyebrows a little bit. I was like, not even the eyebrows. Like, I really. Maybe a little bit. But (laughs) for the most part, no. And like, I love, like, I was getting my lashes, like, extensions done for a while, and I love them because it's, like, you feel like you have this great You're makeup awake. on. Yeah. And you didn't do anything. It's so, like, low-key, mm-hmm. like, easy. But then it's it, like, distracted from my training. But, like, they would get in oh, my yeah. eyes or, you know, whatever. And I was just like, dang it. Like, because <laughs> I loved it, you know. But... I could see them falling off, and that would be horrible. If Especially some bad when I thing get punched happened. in the eye, and oh, they're yeah. not like soft, so like those getting like rubbed in my eyes. Like I'd had a teammate who like had a retina scratch from one of them, so it's like kind of scary. But like, sure, if I could, I'd like it'd be nice to have something just like easy that makes you feel like so pretty. What about a lash perm? A lash perm? What's that? Have you seen that? No. <laughs> Tell me, tell me. So basically, you can get your lashes permed to curl up, and they'll stay up. So my woman that works at the bank, she, when I looked at her, I was like, girl, your lashes look amazing. She's (laughs) like, lash perm. I'm like, shit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and she's from Bali. She's, you know, she doesn't have thick, long lashes, but just that lift. Yeah. The lash lift. I think that's actually what it's called, lash lift. It works, so... Wow. Just saying that could okay. be the option well, for we you. Well, we need to, like, talk more about this but after because I want to get more details. <laughs> I got you. Like, really cool. Because my eyelashes aren't, like, super long, but I think, like, that little Just curl. a little lift. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, mascara. So I will say this about me. My favorite face is my face without makeup. I'm actually saying this on air. This is <laughs> on air. In this little dude, this little thing. We still haven't found a name for him yet. This, whatever, microphone looks like a pet, and we're going to name it, but we haven't named it yet. So anyways, my face without makeup, my favorite. First thing in the morning. Empty palette. I look like a fucking baby. 
seriously, I look like a baby and I don't know. It's so, you know, it's just me in the purest, rawest form. So wearing makeup for me is, you know, and I don't wear heavy makeup by any means, but it's me showing myself to the world. Like Basically what I'm trying to get to and making it a long journey is that private baby raw face is held only for the person who will wake up next to me or maybe my girls or whatever. It's not like yeah. my girls come over, I gotta put on my makeup, but <laughs> you know, it's not because I don't feel confident or feel good. It's just because it's so sacred to me that yeah. you don't get to see it world. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I thought you were going to say cause you're a makeup artist. I thought you were going to be like, cause it's like a canvas and I can't wait to like create something on there. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. appreciate that. That's like, it's my truest, purest self. And I feel like it's so special that I just don't want to share it with everybody. But that being said, you know, again, so when I'm surfing, I'm not, I don't have makeup, you know, even just mascara, but I'm talking about nothing. The nothingness of nothing is reserved for only, you know, whoever the almighty person is. But I'm like, oh, this is going to segue into love and boys and men really quickly. But I want to ask you, do you have any makeup products right now that you love and that you just can't be without that are your go-to? Like my go-to, like I don't wear like a lot, a lot of makeup, but like my go-to, and it's so funny because I'm not like loyal to like one line or anything, but like, for my mascara, I, like, love the Dior. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, I have, like, a... I don't really put a lot of, like, foundation or anything, but I use, like, a concealer from NARS, and I use their okay. lip gloss. And, like, I also like Great the Great brands. And if I ever want to, like... If I'm ever going on a date, I'm like, I could get a kiss. I'm like, Victoria's Secret flavored lip gloss. Oh, really? <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really cute, actually. That's really funny. Wow. Okay, cool. So, and if there's one makeup item that you couldn't live without, your desert island makeup. So, like, for me, it's my mascara. What would yours be? One. Um, If I had to pick one, well, it's like a combination set. Like, my fake lashes. Okay. And then my dark uh, lash glue. Oh. Okay, yeah. Because because it makes it look like eyeliner. Yeah. It's a duo. Yes. The duo dark. That's what I use. On all my girls. Duo dark, yeah, that's what I use, too. Duo dark. There you go. Um, What do you do on days that you don't feel that beautiful? I mean, we all have those days, right? So is there, or just like, that? whatever, it's just a day. Or is it self-talk, or? It's so weird. Like, it depends what I'm doing. Like, if I'm, (laughs) it's so funny. Like, if I'm going out to, like, a club or somewhere, and, like, it's one of those days where you're doing your makeup or whatever, but I still don't feel, like, as pretty as I want to feel for some reason. I'm like, let's just slit it up a little bit and even it out. Yeah. Or if I don't have enough time to do as much makeup, I'm like, let's even this out and be a little more hoochier. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it kind of like puts everything on a level. Sure. Sure. You're like, I could crack this code. I'm going to figure this out. That's so funny. That's cool, though. That's You have technique. Yeah, I think the, the clothes can, like, kind of counterbalance, like, how you feel. Like, I think you're right. With the, If you're having a bad hair day or oh, makeup gosh. day or something. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> bad hair day. A good hat could work, too. Segway to love. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, okay, so you... 
I would think that you consider, I definitely consider you an alpha female. You know, you're, you're strong, you're independent, you got your shit covered, you know, you, you're, you're a doer, a go-getter. Um, how does that affect your love life, your relationship with men? I mean, do you find that basically, do you find that men are intimidated often? Um, well, when they find out, like, so people see me and they see this, like, oh, little thing, like, five foot tall. Oh, she's so sweet. I love how the voice goes. <laughs> little thing. That's what, like, I feel like people look at me. <laughs> so they call you little thing. Oh, okay. she's so cute. And it's like, oh, you do this. And then it's usually some disbelief. Like, oh, no. Like, oh, sure, you, like, not on, on what level, you know. Like, oh, she must do cardio kickboxing or something. But then when they find out that, like, who, you know, what I actually do, what organization I fight for, like, who I am, then it becomes a, like, it's not even, an, it's it's a combination of sometimes of intimidation of, like, the fighting, like, the actual what I do, and then the status of, like, okay, you have, you're, the, you're not that I'm, like, some uber celebrity, no, but, no, but, you know, just, like, people are, like, you you're known your in yeah. your community, like, People, you know, you have a fan base. You have base. respect. You have a fan base. Absolutely. You know, so it's kind of like You've that accomplished is. accomplished a lot. That's intimidating kind of like in, in its own right, you know. Sure. So I think it takes a man who's really like secure in himself mm-hmm. to date a woman who has her own like success. Sure. So, and that's kind of hard because like a lot of men, to date a, a successful woman, period, is like difficult for a lot of men, I think. To date a successful woman to, is, yeah, yeah okay, it's yeah. difficult. Sure. But then on top of that, like, dating someone who, quote, unquote, oh, they can kick your butt, ha, ha, ha. Like, those jokes have been told, like, a million times, but it's, you know, it's never going to stop happening when I'm with a guy. It's like, oh, watch out. You better, like, do what she says or she's going to kick your butt. Like, That's you know. so funny. It's, it's like, dude, it's like, really I'm trying to, to make this that. guy feel like he's the man in the relationship. Like, come calm down you know so it's just it's a little bit hard you know to find somebody who you know and then somebody who's not like a like necessarily like a big fan but like Mm -hmm. who's with you for the right reasons too of course so that becomes like a little bit of a challenge too I've actually like gone on a couple of online dates where I found out like that they knew you know and it made it a little bit weird for me you know so it's just it's a it's a different place, you know, in my life now as opposed to like, you know, oh, I'm living out my parents. Let's go out a date and sure, you know, and what do you, what do you think that what do you what do you value most when you're thinking about you know, when a when a guy has your interest, what what holds your interest, you know? What holds my interest with the guy? Like it's so weird like I love a guy who makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I love a guy who's, like, a man. Like, so, like, I think, you know, we talked about before. It's, like, you need a guy who can, who you feel like is, like, a man who's, like, tough. Who, like, because I'm a fighter, so I don't want to feel like I can, like, beat up the guy I'm with. Right. I want a guy who's going to be able to, like, stand up and protect me and, like, make me feel like a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you're, like, I'm a tough woman, like, I'm up here. So it, it's hard, like. So definitely a guy who's, like, confident mm-hmm. and strong, like, in his own regard, like, secure in himself and 
those are the main things. And just like the chemistry of like hanging out with someone and feeling comfortable and feeling comfortable. Just like the banter. It's like it go it's like no breaks. Like you just get along really well. Like that's most important for me. Yeah, that's rad. I love that. Laugh a lot for sure. Yes, that's like so important. Isn't it? I think that's like the number one thing for women. No, I can't I'm not saying that as if I really know, but I imagine when a man can make a woman laugh, holy shit, it's really it's something. Definitely. They unlock the the yeah, I don't want to say too much actually. We can't let all our secrets <laughs> come out, right? Like you can't let them know. I'm like exactly. cover the camera. What is it? What is it? <laughs> That's so funny. I'll just say that I imagine that it's really interesting for you to have to think about uh, the concept of wanting, you know, to, to be with the man and to feel safe. Or actually, let me ask you about that. What makes you feel safe with the man? Yeah. I guess I feel safe just, and that's the thing. There's always somebody who can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not necessarily like the best fighter in the world, but just like a man who's not who's going to stand up for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if I could handle my own situation, like I want to know that the person I'm with has my back. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's almost sure almost more of like this loyalty in a way. I mean, outside of the physical is what. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, like, that makes you, I feel like, look at a man like he's the man. Like, totally. you're his woman and he's protecting you. And, yeah. not, and not necessarily, like, I need protection or anything. But just to know that they're there for it. Like, they're willing to be that, to play that role. Yeah. 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 I can act with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's weird. I remember <laughs> when I first started training jiu-jitsu, I got into this <clears throat> phase where I was like, fuck, now now any guy I'm with is going to have to train or something. Like, what am I going to do? Be with a guy who, if some shit went down, he's not going to know what to do. And and it's, I you know, when you, when you know <laughs> what to do for, I mean, I don't have all the answers by any means. And I definitely didn't um, by any means, but and I definitely didn't at that point. But I imagine for you, when you have, you know, you're a mixed martial artist and you have all these fucking answers. And then to be with the guy who, doesn't have any or (laughs) (laughs) I just visualizing it that's gotta be like hold on baby I got this (laughs) (laughs) that's gotta be so interesting and for the for the man too right I don't know. I'm just my letting my imagination go right now it's kind of crazy (laughs) because we're just we've already been through so many rabbit holes okay cool so let me ask you a few fun, random questions. Okay. Because I know we've... <clears throat> bonus round? <laughs> Dude, it's totally the bonus round. You've been... You're so great. Your endurance. I mean, and you've trained today. You're just... Oh, my gosh. This is fun, though. It's just like so hanging, much out, fun. hanging out with friends. I know. It's so good. Well, <laughs> what they don't know is how much talking took place before we even hit record and went through, I mean, a whole... A whole know. practice round. A whole practice. Well, just like we went through biology. We went Nutrition. Through so- yeah, on so many levels. We talked about so many things. So <laughs> my heart is full. My brain is excited. Let me ask you this. Childhood heroes. Did you have any? Childhood heroes. Like probably my dad and then Xena Warrior Princess. 
Oh my god, Nina was pretty badass. I remember Heck her. Yeah, she, she was special. I would like never miss an episode. I had a poster of her in my college dorm. <laughs> really, you're so cute. She, but she, you know what? She was that perfect blend of badassery, feminine, gorgeous woman who could just kick ass. Right? Oh yeah. No, I loved it. She was so cool. And then she had her little best friend. Oh, I don't you remember. know. Gabrielle. Was she blonde? Yeah. Oh, wow. I barely remember that. But I do, actually. That's so weird. That's so weird. Xena, that's cool. Rocky was always mine. Still is. Rocky. <laughs> I actually just watched all the, the movies, like, recently. Really? Yeah. They were Fuck. cool. They were awesome. And I already did the Rocky steps, like, years ago. I felt like a poser. I'm like, I haven't even seen this movie yet. That's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. That's amazing. Wait, how did that make you feel watching all... How did you feel the first time you watched Rocky? Was it... I felt like it was almost, like, been waiting to happen for so long. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And there's so much hype around it. So I was like, I don't want to, you know, have too high of expectations. But it was awesome. All of them were. So good. Are there any hobbies or passions, things that you love doing outside of fighting that might surprise your fans? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if, like, these are, like, surprising. I wish I, like, could think. But, I mean, I honestly, like, love hiking. I'm, like, a huge hiker. That's Like, right. yeah, that's my favorite thing to do when I travel. I'm, like, let's find some really cool terrain or trail and, like, let's explore. Like, I'm a big explorer. I'm, like, and I love to, like, just anything explore. I'm, like, oh, let's check out this awesome restaurant in this new country. Like, this is cool. Like, love traveling. Just, like, I want to see, like, every aspect of the world. That's you know. cool because I was going to ask you, gosh, you're just flowing into this. <laughs> I was going to ask you favorite place you've been so far in the world and a place that you would like to go to, your next ideal desired destination, if you can go anywhere. Hmm. Well, my favorite place would probably, oh my gosh, there's like so many cool like different experiences. I know, it's hard. That's when people are like, do you love Barcelona or Paris better? I'm like... You can't compare the two. Yeah, it's crazy because the places are so different. Like, I would say for, like, the diversity, I loved Costa Rica Mm. because there were so many different, like, things. Like, you know, you had, like, zip lining and you had, like, the hot springs, like, the mountain. Then you had the beach. Then you had, like, the rainforest, which is cool. And then probably, like, also Ecuador because it was kind of, like, the same kind of deal. And it was more, like, close to home because my family's from Ecuador. Right. So it was, like, different experience with, like, family and getting to try all these things and see, where like, where my roots came from. There's so, some really good surf in Ecuador. Really? I haven't been yet, but I've seen it. And it's really, I mean, it looks really fun for me. Wow. My family's from the coast, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I've had a very close friend of mine who spent some time there and would just send me just incredible photos of when there were swells. And it definitely looks like a place that I would like to go visit. And I mean, uh-huh. hello, the chocolate. Yeah, there's a lot of chocolate shops out there. It was cool. I actually really good chocolate. like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Like the rainforest is something I think like you have to like experience because you can go in there for, like, a week at a time or just go for, like, one day or two and really get to, like, be with the people, eat what they eat, That's like, cool. stay in, like, the houses. Really, like, bare minimum, just, like, bed, no light, electricity, just, like, wow. bare minimum. But it's cool. And then these awesome hikes into the rainforest is just, like, amazing. Probably leave that feeling so centered and just alive. Yeah. 
And you really get to, like, touch on nature. Like, if you have a good guide, you get to, like, you really get stuff explained to you. Like, this is what this tree is for. This is used for medicine, mm-hmm. you know. And I got to eat, like, an ant and a termite. It was just, like, I'm only here once. Like, just do it. You know, it was cool. <laughs> you got to eat a termite? Yeah. And they, they came, like, so they busted open, like, not completely, but, like, stuck their finger through the termite nest. And they're all just wow. crawling out. Get one. Eat it. And it tastes like wood. Because that's what they eat. Because that's what they eat. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, it's crazy. That's pretty brave, eating bugs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a fighter. Yeah. Oh, I'm but so you, brave. You, you're, <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. You're so curious, so I love that. And I see that, you know, on your Instagram. It's. I feel like you're always kind of adventuring. You have that way about you. Which is, yeah, for sure. It's great. I, I love that. And if I had to go somewhere and explore, I really wanted to go to Africa. Oh, really? And, like, okay. kind of check out the animals and yeah. see it up close and see, the, like, the culture shock. Because I think it's so different up there than it would than it is, you know, here. here. Yeah. I mean, that's... I haven't been to Africa. I've traveled a lot over the around the world, but I haven't yeah. been to Africa and you're right. I think that that would be a real culture shock. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool to put yourself in those situations because it, it just puts perspective into play where you realize we live in a world, not just my neighborhood, basically. And I think that's it's healthy to do that, you know, yeah. to inject yourself. In, Definitely. In I think it gives you way. some perspective Yeah, for in many different ways, you know, whether people live in a way that's like they don't need all this crazy stuff technology stuff that we have and some people don't have as much and you're like makes you appreciate things more yes i love that yeah appreciation is freedom i'm a firm believer in that is there any favorite books or quotes things that inspire you things that maybe a book that really kind of was a game changer for you in your life anything you know what's funny and something that it's not even a book that I read that I still have to read but my dad always quoted on the highly successful habits seven highly successful habits of successful people okay he like would always quote it for me you gotta sharpen the saw sharpen the saw sharpen the saw and my dad like is huge on reading and reading different books and he'd always give me like lessons from books that he'd read he'd be like you gotta do this and He'd be like, I read in this book, you got to, like, make finishing things a habit. So he's like, I didn't used to finish things. So he's like, I made a list of things that, like, I wanted to do or said I was going to do, and I did them all. He's like, one was making Rice Krispies treats. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, like. That's right. Yeah, and at that point, I was like, sometimes when I would go on runs, and I'd be like, oh, I want to stop. Like, it's just right there. I'm like, no, run through. You have to finish, like. Finishing has to be a habit. Rice Krispie treats. Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> but I love that. And it's like dessert oriented. So help me remember. Of course, Cookie Monster. That's so funny. What did your dad, what did he do or does he do? He retired from Boeing. So he did like satellite engineering. And he's had like a lot of different career changes. But he really started getting into like computer stuff mm-hmm. when he was like 30. So like imagine starting over like how old I am now, you know, 30, right. which is crazy. And then from there, he just, like, 
studied, studied, studied. So he would take me like to Chuck E. Cheese or somewhere fun for me to do stuff. And he would sit there reading his book, reading his book, reading his book. So self-motivated, like every day, go to the coffee shop, read, 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 study, 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 passing certification after certification. And he's just like so smart. And like, I'm so proud of him. And he did great things and passed like a million certifications that are like crazy hard. And now he's doing cybersecurity because he's like, oh, wow, because it caught his interest and he's like this is awesome now he's like teaching a group on the weekends and he has so much knowledge and you know wants to jump into that career a new career change at like 65 you know it's crazy I love that that's beautiful yeah because it doesn't have to be this I mean it could be whatever you want it to be right but it I think that your father sounds like you I mean just curious right it's this curiosity or maybe you sound like your father without yeah (laughs) But, you know, passionate and following his curiosity and pursuing whatever he's passionate about in that moment, right? I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, for sure. But, and he definitely, like, puts the time in and does what he needs to do. Does the work, you know, and he always, like, pushes me, you know, you have to constantly evolve, constantly evolve, because then people in your industry are going to, like, keep learning, keep learning. You're going to be left in the dust when... Like, if you lose your job, you're going to be stuck with no job because everyone else has surpassed you. And I never thought about it until this, like, very second, but I guess that applies for fighting, too. If you're not evolving, then you're you're yeah. left behind. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It sounds like he has a solid work ethic, and that was a really good example for you. Definitely. And I think a lot of things, like, we talked about are just people that you surround yourself with, even not like consciously like you're not like okay well they're doing this so I have to do this but you're just surrounded like it becomes such a habit like everyone around me is working hard so you're just like this is just what I do just keep going you know you just push through this or just do this oh everyone studies for five okay well I'm going to study for this much you know absolutely so influence definitely without yeah I, I can say the same with my mom you know there's so many things that I acquired from just witnessing my mother be my mother and do life the way she does. So that's right. So it's almost like your dad was a childhood hero. From for what sure. I, yeah. For sure. And it's so weird because I never like, I was always like, my dad, I love my dad. Like I'm, my dad's doing this. Like I always like try to be like him, but I never like put it in words. Like my dad's my hero. Like he's like Superman. Like I was just like, I just, listen to him and learn from him it was more like a mentor and like sure. a father than I was like something on a pedestal that wasn't real for me you yeah know? well you, and you had connection with him too yeah so he wasn't this heroic person wearing a cape that was almost unrelatable and you just admired he was like he was your homie yeah for sure <laughs> that's so cool I love it and your mom super hard working too yeah yeah like, loves education, like, always goes back. She's still taking classes now. Like, I always remember classes, classes, classes. Like, they're definitely way different personality types. My mom's, like, for sure a hard worker, always been, like, above and beyond dedicated to me as, a like, a daughter. Like, what do you need, Carla? Like, what do you need? I'm going to do this for you. Aww. I'm going to take you to this class, gymnastics. I'm going to take you to this, basketball, whatever. Like, always. Behind like, you. Exactly. That's rad. Well, so it's probably why you're such a solid woman and you have that <laughs> characteristic. Truly, it's 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 really visible with you. I think 
maybe people have to know you more to experience to get to see that part, you know, where I'm just, I guess I'm coming up from my point of view where, you know, I'm not an outsider. So I get to experience that just, yeah, you are that girl that if some shit went down, I can call Carla and be like, (laughs) yo, Carla. So I ended up at some random, I don't know, fucking finish the story for me. Some random bar in in Africa. Bar? And I need you to come save me or help me get home. Exactly. I got you, girl. Be right there. Exactly. (laughs) You're that girl for sure. I can see that. So right on. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so. I know that you're not close to being done with fighting. Let me ask you this. What would you like to be remembered for when this chapter is done and you move into the next chapter of your life? I guess I just want to be remembered as a pioneer, someone who, like, really made a difference for women to come in the sport. Yeah, well, fucking mission accomplished. Like... (laughs) I'm like, hell yeah, girl, you have done that and then some. So I'm so excited to witness you and support you on the way to your next fight and everything that comes after. And I love you for supporting me and doing this with me. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to, like, be a part of this with you. And this is so cool. And we got to test this little guy right here. I know, this this little guy. The little man with no name. The little guy we have to come up with. You'll be back. Hopefully. For sure. Yes. Okay. Thank you awesome. so much. <laughs> Thank you. You guys, that wrapped my very first episode on the Black Belt Beauty Radio podcast. I'm so excited that this is actually taking place. It's a crazy journey. It's, you know, exciting and it's kind of terrifying at the same time, but I love it. That's what lets me know that I got to go towards it. So there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I wanted to put Carla's social media handle out there for those of you that want to stay in tune with her journey and her process. It's, I highly suggest it. She's so rad and just really inspiring. And I can't wait to watch her and support her in this next UFC fight of hers, 219, December 30th. So her social media handle is Carla, C A R. L-A Esparza, E-S-P-A-R-Z-A-1, Carla Esparza1. That covers her Instagram and her Twitter account. So check her out. Thank you so much. And I look forward to the next one. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with your friends. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave me an honest review. Let's connect. I am so excited to do that in this space and really create content that elevates your mind in support of your best performance in life. You can find me on Instagram at blackbeltbeauty. I'm active there every single day and I look forward to connecting with you all. So thanks again and I'll catch you on the next one.